Hi, everyone, and welcome to Academic Dean, where we connect with passionate college leaders who share their stories and viewpoints of higher education, especially lessons learned along the way. Now, here's your host, Dr. Dave Gurchak. Hi, everyone. Today, I'd like to welcome Dr. Tom Gallagher to our show. Dr. Gallagher is the Dean of Missoula College at the University of Montana in Missoula, Montana. Hi, Tom. I'm excited to have you on our podcast today. Hey, Dr. Gerchek, it's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation to join you today. So tell me about your college and why students select your institution. Yeah, so, so Missoula is, uh, gosh, I, I think it's one of the best places on the entire planet. It's a, uh, a beautiful, beautiful community. I, uh, I look out my window here. We have the, I think we have the best facility um, anywhere, maybe in the Pacific Northwest. We overlook the Clark Fork of the Columbia River. It comes right through the center of town, and it starts right here at Missoula College. Um, on the north side of the, the river is Missoula College. Uh, adjacent to us is Montech, which is a business incubator uh, for the University of Montana. And then on the south side of the river is Washington Grizzly Stadium and the entire University of Montana campus. So we, uh, we have really a wonderful connection um, with our downtown community and with the rest of the University of Montana. Um, and as a, as a uh, and being part of our, our Missoula community here, I really think we are uh, the, the college for the community. And uh, we, most of our students reside in, uh, in Missoula County, um, Ravalli County, and then some of the outlying areas uh, with uh, Granite County and Mineral County and a few from Lake County. But those are, uh, that's, our, that's our service area. We, uh, we have a statistic that we like to throw around and it's, it, it varies from year to year, but maybe the, the middle point here is that around 80% of our students um, who come to Missoula College uh, have roots in a community. And we find that they, they work at, upon graduation, they're employed in the Missoula community. And that's, uh, and so that's a pretty good testament of, of our, of the majority of our population. Being associated with the University of Montana, um, we, we have nice connectivity between campuses. We have uh, buses that go back and forth, transportation every 15 minutes. Um, and we, we're a commuter campus for the most part, uh, but we also have kind of this, this small but large campus experience. So, so we do have, uh, a group of students, if, if anyone is interested in the campus experience of, of living in the dorms, um, having great food service, participating in intramural sports and, and the traditional uh, college experience while attending a two-year college, uh, we're, we're the place. We, we have really great opportunities. Uh, at the University of Montana campus is one of the most beautiful in the country. Uh, you, can, you can walk right from campus up the mountain and uh, be on national forests in a matter of, of uh, you know, just, just minutes. Uh, you can also take a city bus and be at uh, the, the foothills of uh, the Rattlesnake Wilderness area as well. So we have these, all these great amenities around here. Uh, you can float the river and, and pull your boat over and, and climb right into class if, if you so choose. So, um, and, and most of our students are local, but we do have students that come from all over the country and we have international students here. So there's lots of diversity at Missoula College. 
Um, and we, we, have, uh, we, we have lots of amenities, lots of programs. And then two-year colleges, a lot of students come for transfer. And they'll, they want to start at a two-year college, take advantage of the uh, smaller class sizes or, or, or attraction for, for uh, two-year college students. Working with uh, faculty uh, and, and having more personalized attention. And then um, lower tuition. Those are all driving forces. And we have a very, very good connectivity with our faculty and the rest of the faculty at the University of Montana. So transfer uh, for two-year students that want to go on and get baccalaureate degrees is, uh, I don't think there's a smoother system in place than what we have here at the University of Montana and Missoula College. You know, uh, you're one of the few colleges that's an embedded college, you know, and so, uh, for most of your schools that are community colleges or standalone colleges, you get to always have that trump card where we, we have uh, the Grizz, we have a football team, we have dorms, we have all those other things. And oh, by the way, uh, we can transfer you up to the university and you can do some credits down here, a little bit, a little bit um, cost effective for you than going up to the other campus and try stuff, smaller classes. It's always really cool to, to watch students uh, uh, think, think kind of out of the box and go, maybe I should start here and then move, move upward, save a few dollars and get my feet wet. I think the embedded schools do a great job at that. And that's a, that's one of the real uh, attributes of the state of Montana is that we, we have uh, several embedded institutions that are two-year colleges and, and we're one of them. Uh, I, and, it, and it doesn't necessarily mean that as a two-year college, you come here for two years. Uh, it might be one semester. That's the way we kind of kick things off, or maybe it's one year. We just uh, launched a new certificate of general education. And, and the purpose of that is for folks to be acknowledged when they finished off their general education requirements. So every university, uh, every bachelor degree has a requirement for general education. And so we, we took the, and it didn't feel like a bold step, but it ended up being a bold step of recognizing that. And so we have students now that can, and, and it gives us a goal because we want all of our students to have goals and, and have a, uh, a immediate, we don't ever want to see anybody, um, anyone drop out. We want everybody to achieve something. And if they need to leave, they can come back. And so our certificate of general education is set up so that it's around 30 credits. And if somebody can achieve that, that's, that's one fourth the way of, of getting a bachelor's degree. It's one half of getting an associate degree. So if we can, we can kind of identify these milestones for students. Completing your general education is a milestone and that can be, that can help you on your journey to getting a bachelor's degree. So that we, I, we just implemented that and I anticipate that's gonna be very, very popular. And it's gonna be a, a clear sign for some students that finish that off and then it's time to move across the river. So if I was a parent and I asked you, what, what kind of programs does uh, Missoula College offer? Well, so we have a, and we, we talk a lot about the, um, the three-legged stool uh, of our economy here in, in Western Montana. And, and really it's, it's uh, healthcare, um, it's trades education. And, and you'll see that trades education right now has the, the need for it and, and the renewed emphasis on it is, is just enormous. Um, and then the third area is business and technology. And those are all kind of the booming industries here in, in our area. So we have really, really great 
health, uh, health programs, healthcare programs. Uh, everybody knows about nursing. We have a wonderful nursing program and we have a two-year RN registered nurse uh, program here at Missoula College. But folks aren't quite as familiar with the other allied health uh, professional positions that are available and the, and the high needs in those areas too. And they work in the hospitals, they work in medical clinics, uh, just like nurses do. But we have, uh, we, we have surgical technologists here that work in, in surgeries and they help with the suturing and assist doctors. We have respiratory therapists. Before the pandemic, a lot of folks didn't understand what they did, but they, they help with the pulmonary, pulmonary system, excuse me. Um, we have uh, radiology technicians, and those are the folks that help out with MRIs and x-rays and, and, and all the radiology uh, needs of, of patients in, in medical facilities. Uh, we, we also have medical assisting. And medical assistants are uh, a new form of healthcare. And in fact, I just, I was feeling ill earlier this week and I wasn't able to get in to see my, my general practitioner. So I went to uh, one of these emergency care centers and, uh, and, and just had a wonderful experience, was able to just walk in, take care of what, what was needed and was out of there within an hour. And uh, they, they're at a, uh, a much lower price tag, medical, uh, uh, and, and healthcare is expensive. And so we have a, a, a huge need in our economy right now for uh, medical assistance. And it's responsive to a new form of, of healthcare clinics that are showing up all over the place. Uh, the newest program we just added to that, that, that docket is uh, paramedicine. And uh, that's gone really, really well. It's been so, um, it, it's, it's been in such high demand for our students. And they, they are so interested in it. I don't, I, I, maybe it's the Chicago Fire um, series or something that there's lots of romancing and things like that that might make it really attractive to students. But it's a, it's a critical need in rural communities throughout the state of Montana. We need to have people that are, are well-trained in, in paramedic techniques. So great, great healthcare programs here. Uh, we, we also have a, a the, the number one, I think health problem in, in our country right now is, is diabetes. Uh, number two is, is addictions. And so we've, we've uh, started an addictions counseling program where somebody can get a two-year uh, degree and this addictions counseling certificate. Um, again, stackable, complete your general education, complete your uh, chemical addictions te uh, technical skills. And, um, and graduate with an associate degree. And there's a whole licensure program in the state of Montana for addictions counselors. We also, uh, our trades programs, uh, heavy equipment operation, uh, construction, welding, uh, diesel mechanics, uh, machining. Uh, we, we have a wonderful array of, of programs this year where they, they were, uh, there was so much demand for those that we were able to increase our capacity in some of those different programs. Those folks uh, have great careers, uh, really great. I think some of the highest salaries uh, for any graduates at the University of Montana come out of our trades. And some like a one-year certificate in heavy equipment operation, uh, they, they're in the top five. So really, really great salaries for those folks. And some of them want to want to do it their entire lives, but there's, there's times where 
we hope you'll come back to school and in the trades, you might need to do that because it's physically demanding and, and you might need to come back and get a bachelor's degree and move into a management position. So we're, we're trying to, to, to see the University of Montana and you hear a lot about the, the 60 year education that we want you to come back. So maybe you start out as a heavy equipment operator, which is a one year certificate and then come back and get an associate degree or come back and get a bachelor's degree. So those are all wonderful opportunities. The last that I mentioned is, is uh, business and technology. So we the huge need for business skills all over, um, accounting, bookkeeping, legal studies. There's, there's great opportunities to work in law firms um, at, at really great salaries there as well. Um, as, as a legal assistant. Um, we also have uh, some wonderful technology programs. And we've, uh, we have a wonderful IT program that's been here for a lot of years and has really morphed into the area of cybersecurity. There's not enough uh, folks to fill these jobs. Right now in the state of Montana, there's 700 openings for cybersecurity jobs uh, across the country. The number is more like 450,000. You know, that's almost a half million people right now are needed to fill some of the cybersecurity needs in our country. So, so area high demand, we're working with, with uh, AWS, uh, Amazon Web Services and cloud computing. LinkedIn has identified cloud computing for the last five years as the number one needed skill, technical skill in the workplace. And I think this year was number two. So it's, there's, there's uh, lots of evidence of the high need for that uh, as well. So we have some really great technology programs. You know, um, when I talk to other college presidents, cybersecurity is always, is always one of the first words out of their mouth when, when, when I ask them how, uh, what's, what's a popular program? That's one, just because there's such a huge need across the, across the country to say the least. But with saying that, what I, I, under, I understand that, that um, Missoula College actually had an increase in uh, students this year, I think, from last year. Is that correct? Yeah, we did. We've, uh, in, in, uh, the, the actual number was 7.4%. That's, we're, that's we're very, very proud of that. That's really exciting. So, so my question is, as we talked about, like, like an example, cybersecurity, what's, what's Missoula College doing that other two-year colleges aren't doing? Because a lot of colleges right now, their numbers have kind of gone down and your number is going up. So what's the secret sauce, Tom? I think people want to hear that. Well, I wish there was one secret, Dave, that we could just kind of un un unveil for everyone. But uh, I, don't, I don't think there is... Um, you know, a one one dimensional answer to that. Uh, what I what I will tell you is that we COVID really hurt us. We we had a really tough year uh, the year before, um, and we just despite the fact we're up by seven point four percent, we lost a lot of students last year. We have a lot of students that weren't able to continue on their studies, and I I think the pandemic disproportionately impacted the two-year college demographic at a much higher rate than it did uh, four-year colleges. And there's, there's lots, of, lots of data out there to, to back that claim. Um, I, I can tell you when we first started seeing this trend um, of, of students not returning last April, it was kind of an all hands on deck here at Missoula College. And I, I'm very thankful for our team, for our, our staff of, of student services people 
um, our, our connection with the rest of our University of Montana campus to, to uh, really elevate everyone into to doing everything we could to bring more students onto campus. And, and there is a faculty effort as well to make sure that we expanded capacity in areas where there was high demand. So we didn't turn anybody away either. If we had full programs, we found a way to, to expand capacity and bring in another five students or another 10 students to, to make that happen. And then lastly, we, we really worked hard um, with our dual enrollment partners. Uh, we have great dual enrollment with the high schools and, and great partners there but really doing some outreach to our local high schools and, and trying to get more students to start their college education as juniors and seniors in high school. So I don't think there's any one, one magical uh, point that, but, but I will say it's just, it, there's a lot of hard work that was done um, and a, a concerted effort. We met once a week. Uh, we did lots of uh, little, little webinars and things like that for, for our, um, online students and, our, and, and try to expand capacity. Well, I think congratulations to you guys. Like I said, I think it's truly cool and, and I like seeing you move forward and, and increasing your enrollment at Missoula College because it is, I think, a beautiful, beautiful campus and you are attached to the University of Montana, which is also a nice feather in your cap. So congratulations. Um, let's talk a little bit about you. So can you... Tell me a little bit about the path that led you to become the dean of Missoula College. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I think all of us can kind of, you know, chuckle a little bit at, at uh, how we got where we are because I don't think any of us actually plan on this when we start our careers. Um, but I, I, uh, I do. I, I will say I've always loved being in the Missoula area. I left. I grew up over in Coeur d'Alene, and I, I left the area and went out to Western Washington. In the, in the early 90s, and in uh, my, my area was computer science, it still is. I'm a professor of computer science and IT, and I, I got a master's degree out at Western Washington University, and, and uh, the, the rest of my peer group went to work for this little company called Microsoft. Maybe you've heard of them before, and, and, um, and, and I chose to come back to Montana because I really, I, I love Montana, and I I got started in education and then moved into the technology industry and worked as a system administrator for a number of years um, and, uh, and, and had a lot of uh, great experiences there. Um, and, and then I, I joined a faculty here at Missoula College and it's been um, almost 20 years that I, I served as a professor. I uh, had lots of opportunities uh, for all sorts of leadership positions here as department chair for a while. I, I uh, led our, our faculty association, our faculty union. Um, and, and then at recently here, we, we had a change in the guard and I had an opportunity to serve as an associate dean for a year. And I, I really, I, I fell in love with the, the role. Um, and then I uh, had an opportunity to uh, move into a dean's position. And, and uh, it's been it's been it's been really challenging. It's been uh, you know particularly uh, when when I, I took the job just before we went into the pandemic, and uh, <laughs> that wasn't anywhere in the job description of like how to handle things when when uh, when you have a global pandemic. So there was a uh, you know there was a, a, a pause, <laughs> and uh, we're like, gosh, what are we going to do now? And I think that was, uh, I think leaders at universities and colleges all over the country 
and and faculty and staff and, and all of us just uh, you know we we came together and turned on a we we did a major pivot we turned on a dime and we were able to move very quickly to remote learning and uh, online learning and and really do it in a way that I, I think we serve students as well as we possibly could in in some very very challenging circumstances. Well. Who's been the biggest professional influence in your career? And uh, why do they have such an impact then? Well, I, I, I have a long list of folks that I've been really fortunate to be associated with. And, and I, I always I think of team sports. I had the opportunity to participate in a lot of team sports and, and football was my thing. And, and there's a number of, of coaches that I, I uh, worked with over the years. And I, I learned a little something from everybody. You know, there's some really great people that I, I uh, was able to uh, participate with. And then I, I looked at a lot of years later now of, of how many of those same folks that were teammates are now leaders um, all across our country. Um, so that was the, those those folks are there's just this really long list. But I I, I thought I, I'd identify one uh, person and, and this particular lady was a high school principal. And uh, her name was Sarah Schumacher. And, and one of the first things she said to me when I was working for her, she says, life is hard, be kind to everyone. And I, and I think that's a, that's a quote from Plato. And it didn't, it didn't really resonate with me immediately, but I'll tell you what, a lot of years later, that, that was one of the most inspiration, inspirational lines that anybody's ever said. And that I think that's a, a real lesson in leadership as well as that always be kind. Uh, you're 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 going to face tough situations. We're all going to face tough situations, and and kindness is so needed as as humans. So so these are I, I'll just mention Sarah, but there's there's a lot of folks that have taken an interest in me, and I I hope I can pay it forward uh, by taking an interest in others too. So uh, the, these are. The many folks that that encouraged me to uh, pursue leadership opportunities. Well, what's been your, um, I guess, some of some of your biggest lessons that you've learned as uh, a dean of a two-year college? I know you said you were the interim, and then you moved into a dean position. So, what can you share with other academic leaders that are just starting out? I will share that one of the, the things that, and I'm still learning this, is is to uh, is to let others solve their problems. You you don't have to as a leader go in and solve everybody's problems, and it, and sometimes it's better um, to let them solve them on their own. And and being a great listener um, is is something that people really appreciate, and being able to. Uh, to sit down with them, sympathize with them, and and uh, and be a great communicator. I, I've I've learned here through the pandemic that we 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 can't communicate enough. If we're not seeing people, there's various forms of communication that can take place, but it doesn't hurt to to, to write the email um, when you have people back in your presence to go knock on the door to have that water cooler talk to take a personal interest in 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 their lives and their families and um, and be, be supportive of the things that they're supportive. Remind everyone of how important it is um, to 
to be kind to one another and really draw on your, your core values. Um, you know, gratitude, so important in leadership roles. I don't think you can express enough gratitude and respect, respect for everyone. Um, that, that's so important. And I, I think that's how you build communities. And right now it's, it's uh, you know, following, following a pandemic, um, we were in isolation for a while. We were, and it was hard and, and, and some of us had families and, and it was a very, um, it, was, it was a small group that we were around or, or some of us didn't have families that we were around, we were on our own. And as we come back together, um, it, it's, it's almost like starting over again, kind of learning how to interact with one another. Um, so I, I see a real need right now. And, and this is one of our themes when we started this, this year, we, we made it a strategic goal of our leadership team is that we need to rebuild our community. And that, that comes in a variety of different ways. And, and, and it started out when we, we started at this particular school year, we, we thought, okay, what can we do? And we had an, a wonderful outdoor event out on our, our uh, Blackfoot Plaza, which overlooks the, the Clark Fork River. And we had a, a family and friends night. We invited all our faculty, we invited all of our students, and, and we had well over 100 folks participate in it. We had food, drinks, and and then we broke up into smaller groups and, and, and just did a couple activities, icebreakers, get to know each other. And, and I thought it was a really, really great evening and a great way to start, uh, start the, the academic term. So we're, we're trying to rebuild community. We're trying to, to um, rebuild our, our internal community our, with our students. We're trying to rebuild our external community with, with, uh, with the city of Missoula and our surrounding area. And, it, and then our, our campus community, we're part of a, we're one college in a, in a much larger campus. Are there any other challenges that, are, that you're facing right now? <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I, I'm sorry, I, Dave, Dave, that's a great prompt. And, and I, I don't know if I can hit that one out of the park or not, but we have, we always have challenges. We really do. I, I worry about our students. I worry about them, you know, having what they need. I know right now the um, real estate has just gone right through the roof, the price of housing. And I, I worry about where our students are going to live. And um, I also, our, our economy is, is really unusual right now where you talk to employers and, and they're closing because they can't get enough people in the workforce, you know? So there's, there's just really lots of, as a, as a, as a leader at a two-year college, you, you hope you can influence uh, and help solve some of these community issues. Um, but that's, you know, those are, those are things that are, are right in our forefront. We, we look at the reasons why um, students aren't retained and, and some of it is academically oriented, but the majority of it is our, our other reasons. And, and um, we, we, uh, we really got to look at how we can help students um, with, with things like basic Maslow housing, food, security, and then, and then I think one of the impacts of the, the pandemic that we're finding too is that there's, there's a variety of, there's a whole spectrum of, of different mental challenges, mental um, health issues that are coming out. And we're starting to see those and, and how do we help our students through those, um, those challenging times? Well, you know, that's, that's really a good question um, as far as 
because a lot of colleges now are, are paying attention to the mental health of their students and also their faculty. So, so what are you guys doing to kind of assist both students and faculty in that arena? So, so we'll start with students. So one of the advantages of, of being part of a larger campus and, and uh, maybe, maybe an advantage we have here at the University of Montana that we, we might not have at other two-year colleges is uh, we, we have a very strong network of, of mental health services. I'll start with the Curry Health Center. Um, and, and so by being, being just one college amongst that larger group, we have more resources and we're able to, uh, to help direct students towards those. So that's, I think that's really, really important. Um, I asked last week for everybody to take a day off somewhere along the line. And and uh, and use your sick leave. You know, we we need to get away. Um, and and just we we have in our contract. There's there's five days that that faculty um, that 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 are, are personal days for faculty. And it's really I think it's healthy to um, to leave your leave your office and go do something else for a day. And there's times when you need to do that. And so that I think that's really important taking care of ourselves, encouraging others to take care of themselves. Uh, so, so that's that those are a couple of small things that we're trying to do, but I, I think this is uh, what you identified here, Dave, is it, it's another really, really substantial, um, um, and I'll call a side effect, but it's the, the pandemic's ongoing. And um, it's, it's something that we're, we're all really challenged by. Yeah, great, great ideas though. I love those ideas. Um, I know you've been working on some collaboration ideas with other colleges in this state. Uh, can you share how that's going? Sure. So, so one of the projects that, that we've been working on with, uh, with, with Ochi, our office, our commissioner's office is, uh, we, and we, we launched this very quickly last yeah last year was a, uh, a course sharing platform and we launched it in collaboration with Helena college. And so we, we were able to, in very short time, set up a platform where Helena College students could take courses over at Missoula College and Missoula College students could take courses over at Helena College. And all the, all the kind of details with, with uh, financial aid and billing and transcripts and all that were, were taken care of through a platform we, we were using known as Quotely. And so, so we, we uh, with, with my colleague Sandy Bowman over in, at, in Helena, we agreed to be the, the first pilot in the state for that. And, and we looked at, we were, we were pretty selective when we first put that together and, and we, we uh, chose a couple programs where there was need. And uh, so the, one of the programs we chose was our information technology program which we had one, Helena had one, and we were looking at, 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 at needs that would solve uh, faculty expertise problems. So we might have a faculty member with expertise or they might have faculty member with expertise or where we might have under-enrolled courses that were in jeopardy of being canceled. So that if we had five or 10 students on, at each site, we could bring those groups together and, and uh, continue to offer the course instead of moving it to another semester. So there, there was a, uh, a plan in place. There was some great work with faculty where they actually sat down and said, okay, well, we'll offer this and you offer this and, 
and um, we, we don't have program sharing, degree sharing yet, but, but it was a really good start. It was very successful. Oh. And then it even solved some capacity issues. So where we had courses that were, um, that were full and we needed another section of it while well, we might have um, one at the other institution that we could utilize and help help just to optimize uh, their classes as well. So that that went really, really well our our uh, our first semester of it. This uh, this last semester, we're continuing it. We've had Miles Community College do um, the the course sharing platform. So, so that that creates some great opportunities. Um, what what we need to figure out now is a strategy. You know how do how do we want to, we have that tool now so so what's the best way to to utilize that and and I, I think that's still you know the playbook for that one hasn't been written yet so we're all going to have to to work together and say okay what now, now what how do how do we do this and I I think at some point it's going to be program sharing. No, I I agree. I, I'm so excited that that it's growing because when I talk what's so what's been so great about doing this podcast is I get to talk to other deans or presidents across the country. And it shocks me a lot of places in the country, this is just normal everyday stuff. Um, and so I think it's so neat that you guys are piloting it and moving it forward. Cause I do believe that's going to be a, the future for a lot of our two-year students to say the least. I, I think you're right on with that, Dave. And it, it is, as uh, resources, um, as, as scarcity of resources continues um, we're, we're going to have to work together a little more tightly than we are right now. And, um, and, and I think that that day is coming and we're started. I hope we have enough, uh, kind of legwork so we can, we, we can make some mistakes, which will probably happen. Um, learn from those and then, uh, find a better way to, uh, serve our students and serve the state of Montana. Yeah. Great. You know what? What I think is really interesting right now is in the state of Montana, just like every place across the country is workforce training is becoming the new buzzword. You know, I mean, even though two-year education has been <laughs> deep in it for a long time. So, so how is Missoula College preparing students to meet the business and industry needs over the next few years? Yeah, isn't that, uh, it, isn't, it's such an unusual time right now. And there's this really immediate need in our economy to grow the workforce. It's, it's enormous. And, and then we've always been, I think at two-year colleges, we've always been pretty good about um, listening to employers. Most two-year college programs have, have uh, some form of an advisory group or, uh, or, or some close interaction with employers where they actually are are a great input mechanism and, and very supportive too of, of uh, building a workforce. So I, I think some of the things that we're seeing right now um, is that it's an on, all hands on deck type of effort. Uh, we're looking at, at stackable credentials. We're hearing from employers the value of a, of a liberal arts education and maybe not the liberal arts education of, of uh, the early 20th century, but a liberal arts education where, where students have or, or graduates have great communication skills. Um, great emotional intelligence, uh, a, a great work ethic, uh, the ability to navigate through through really complex relational um, situations that that will happen in the workplace. Um, in addition to having great technical skills, so we're we're finding um, the need right now for rapid 
training programs, programs that get people out in the workforce quickly. Uh, there seems to be a demand for that, and, and it doesn't really necessarily have to always be a two-year degree or a four-year degree or even a certificate. So we've been building some micro-credentials. Uh, micro-credentials are, are 12 credits or less, might be one semester. Uh, we've been looking at, at, uh, at some other non-credit training programs. For instance, we've launched the Montana Code School or relaunched the Montana Code School. Um, so far, I think we've we've seen about 50 people in, um, since our launch, which was in March, wasn't that long ago, um, go through that program and, and help solve this, this really desperate need for people with coding school skills in our community. We, we, have, uh, we have a huge need for that right now. We also have had some, um, you know, really interesting model that uh, we, we, we've seen a real surge in technology, the technology industry moving into the Missoula area here. And you know, we've worked with a uh, local company in town here and the AIM program where uh, we kind of flipped the model a little bit. And so the typical model for, for students is that they'll pursue their education and at the end of it, then they start looking for jobs and employers start looking at them. This particular program worked a little bit differently where the employer actually hired the students first and they vetted them for the, for the qualities they're looking at, that they're gonna fit the culture and they have the work ethic and the things that they're looking for. And then they came to the University of Montana and they were trained with the technical skills that they needed. So they, they uh, and, and really most of it was, was uh, software-based and technology skills, some business consulting skills. And, and the employer wanted 90% of the completers to, to, to slip into roles in, in, in his organization. Well, he got 100%. And I think we're pushing right around 200 students that have been through that program now. Um, so, so that's a different model that we're looking at how we, what, what can we learn from that and, and how can we utilize that um, to, to better work with employers. So we have a local manufacturing firm that we're, um, that, that we've been in, in contact with for about a year here. We actually are, are launching a manufacturing certificate. So this manufacturing firm has about 80 employees and none of them have college degrees. And we're starting to see that that can be a real incentive education to, to keep um, em, employees um, and, and a benefit. And so we've worked with this person so that there, there's also um, some, some seminar classes uh, and some, some experiential learning that will take place in, in this program, but we've put together a certificate for them that, that takes advantage of, of uh, some of the soft skills that I mentioned earlier, those professional skills that employers wanna see that they do get from liberal arts education. And so we've stacked that up and then added a couple seminar classes that will be delivered at the manufacturing facility with, with their staff. And they'll be learning um, uh, quality assurance processes and lean manufacturing processes. But what we've done with that is, is the employer's gonna provide that now as a, as a incentive for employees. So if they come to work there, that they'll get their tuition paid and, and they can pursue their college education. And so they'll come and, and we've created a stackable credential where they'll have this certificate they have, which can lead to their 
completion of their general education and associate degree, which can lead on to a bachelor's degree. So, so some really, we're trying to, to, to solve this problem with some really novel ideas and strategies. Good. Here's, here's my last question. Um, if you had some extra budget money today with no strings attached, do whatever you want to with it, how would you spend it? Oh, wouldn't, wouldn't that be nice, huh? That would be so yeah. so uh, exciting to have that opportunity. I would, uh, I would put my money in student services. And, and I, would, I would put it into advising, career coaching. Um, and, and I'd follow some of the best practices that are well-known throughout the country. Um, I, would, I would provide incentive for students. And that incentive would come provided that they take a full course load each year. That's 30 credits. And they don't, and, and so they, what are they doing? They're making a commitment that they're gonna complete their education. Uh, we make sure that they have great career coaching and that they show up, that they have to go see their career coach a couple times a year. And, and that they have great advising, they need to show up for their advising appointments. They, they, uh, they all have degree plans. Uh, they'd have to have financial aid advising. They'd have to have, um, they, they'd have to, what I'm describing here is a, a program that, that we launched as a pilot maybe about a year and a half ago called the Montana 10 program. And it actually provides some cash incentives for students to, to do the right things. And what we found is that the, the success rate for these students is just right through the roof. They're, they're retained and they complete their, their degrees and certificates. So, so Dave, if, if you wanna just write that check, <laughs> we'll be happy to spend that, that money here at Missoula College. And I guarantee you we'll do some really great things. Well, Tom, I'll get my checkbook out for you. As I can think of another school I'd like to donate to. That's a, that's a good idea. Tom, thanks so much for being on the podcast. I really enjoyed our conversation. Hey, Dave, uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for uh, allowing me to join you today as well. Well, that wraps up today's episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks for listening to today's episode and make sure to visit our website at academicdean.com for additional information. Also, if you enjoy our podcast, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Until next time.
Thanks for listening to today's episode and make sure to visit our website at academicdean.com for additional information. Also, if you enjoy our podcast, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Until next time.